Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. So, the Breakfast Gobbler Series Part 3. Here we go. So, you get to hear from me for a little bit. Um, As the graphic has shown and we've talked about, this quote from Peter Drucker, it says, a culture eats strategy for breakfast. This quote means that no matter how strong your strategic plan is, its efficiency will be held back by members of your team if they don't share the proper culture. When it comes down to it, the people implementing the plan are the ones that make all the difference. If the people aren't passionate about the vision, they won't be enthusiastic about executing the plan. And then your strategy stands no chance. So our vision is to help people find and follow Jesus. Are you passionate about that? We are passionate about people and about relationships and about groups. Are you passionate about that? Willing to walk this out outside of this building? See, Culture is good for your company or church. I know he was talking about a company, but we want to think about this for the church, right? So culture is good for a company or a church as it is for your employees or your people. And we can look no further than Warby Parker to be convinced. Warby Parker is an online eyeglass company. Any startup company can tell you how difficult it is to maintain employee satisfaction and company culture. But Warby Parker managed not only to do it, but to do it fast. They grew to more than 1,400 employees in eight years. Some of the pillars of their culture include focusing on team unity. This is super important for a church. Uh, Focus on a peer-to-peer guidance and training. Again, as we're together growing and encouraging one another, this is important. They also rally all employees around a common mission, helping people find and follow Jesus. Keeping a common mission in mind is essential to fostering this great company culture or church culture. And I know we're not talking about companies here. We are talking about a church and we serve Jesus and the mission that he gave us. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the ages. The Great Commission is the mission. It is our culture. It is what we're passionate about. Are you passionate about that? Are you passionate about walking that out? Last week, I started sharing some characteristics or markers of emotionally healthy churches. And I started with the power of the word of God. So we will be a church culture that is rooted in scripture, in our homes and in our church. The second, this slow down spirituality. We will slow down our pace to be with Jesus and not be conformed to the pressures of the world's busyness. And now I'm going to share a couple more. And I know you've been waiting all week to hear the next two. So let's continue. So the third one is integrity. We don't pretend to be something on the outside that we're not on the inside. And Alyssa really helped explain that last week in her message. We need to be real and honest and open. No pretending 
and also no judging. In a church culture that changes lives, leaders, staff, and volunteers are intentional, intentional about living out vulnerability and brokenness. They refuse to be fake or polished on the outside. They seek to be the same person on the stage in public as they are off the stage in private. We recognize that our first and our most difficult task is to lead a life that the work for God is nourished by a deep inner life with God. This ensures that we are not driven by our motives or such as power or approval of others or success like the world defines success. Through our lives, we create an environment, a church environment, in which people are encouraged to ask questions and to give helpful feedback and an environment that is safe. We also enjoy the freedom to say no as they discern God's will and set appropriate limits in their lives. So number four, beneath the surface discipleship. We grow in self-awareness because we cannot change that of which we remain unaware. In a church culture that changes lives, no one assumes people are maturing on the basis of activity, such as church attendance and serving, keeping busy. Instead, they understand that maturity results when people engage in a slow and hard work of following Jesus together as a community. Leaders carefully teach how to break free from unhealthy or destructive patterns in their families or their culture of origin and how to live differently in a new family of Jesus. We need to be people that understand that their pasts impact their presence, present and that they are intentional about identifying and facing their beneath-the-surface issues. This could be sinful tendencies, unresolved wounds, triggers, addictions, or maybe those less obvious sins, such as defensiveness, detachment from others, this lack of vulnerability, lying, coveting. And then we apply the gospel of truth, the gospel of grace, to every area of our lives. Meeting Jesus in our losses, our limits, and learning how to love other people as Jesus did. And through all of this, this hard stuff, the real life stuff, we pursue that healthy desire that God placed in our hearts and we celebrate God's good gifts. We enjoy his beauty. We enjoy his nature. We laugh. We enjoy music and food and drink and friendship. We enjoy God amongst all of it. So the first two weeks of this series, Pastor John and Alyssa did an amazing job teaching us about exalting and enjoying God, living a life of exalting and enjoying God. And we want to be a culture, we are going to be a culture at the neighborhood church that exalts God and enjoys God. Now Pastor John's going to continue with the third week of the Breakfast Gobbler series about honor. The neighborhood church will be a culture of honor, a culture of honoring one another. We live in a dog-eat-dog society. We live in a world where a lot of people are looking out for numero uno. We live in a world where people won't get involved because there's nothing in it them. What's in it for me? We live in an interesting time where people say, I only respect people who respect me. 
interesting. We've all heard those kinds of words from various people. It's the spirit of the times. The sad thing is that if the world's going to live like that, and certainly if the church is going to act like that, we're all going to be very, very miserable. Last weekend, we had a surprise visit in our Saturday service, a surprise visit by the General Superintendent of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, Reverend Dr. David Wells. And I had him sit down with me just for a few minutes before Alyssa Andrews shared her message on delighting in the Lord, delighting in the goodness of life, and asked him to talk about what he thinks about when he hears the word culture, and particularly culture in reference to the church. And he said, uh, John, I think of, of air. I think of culture as the air we breathe. And he says you can have everything else nice and neat and organized, and all the chairs can be lined up perfectly, and your strategies can be wonderful. Everything can look really good, but if the air is toxic, the culture is toxic, uh, it kills people. The air of the church, the culture of the church, is probably the single most ingredient uh, that a church needs to be concerned about if we're going to be effective representing Jesus in the world. Culture trumps everything. And we don't want toxic air around here. We don't want people to come in here and smell the air and say, smells like a dead rat around here somewhere. We want the air to be fresh. We want the air to be vibrant. So we talked the last two weeks about the first uh, element, first ingredient of the culture of the neighborhood church. And we are going to be a church. This is going to be the air we breathe. We're going to be a church that is deeply committed to exalting and enjoying God. We are going to exalt and enjoy God. Nobody wakes up in the morning looking for a new job and says to uh, somebody in the home they live in, I'm going to go and try to find a job that will make me miserable. I just want to work with a bunch of miserable people. Nobody, when they're looking for somebody to marry, says, oh, I'm marrying him because he makes me miserable. And nobody wants to be a part of a church that is full of miserable people that are going to make them miserable. We are going to be a church that exalts and enjoys God. Uh, that's going to be the air we breathe. And the second element of our culture, the second thing that's going to be in the air in the neighborhood, is we are going to be a church that is going to do, outdo one another in showing honor. We are going to be a church that is going to outdo one another in showing honor. And some of you are saying, huh, that sounds ridiculous. Well, it's actually quite scriptural. Romans chapter uh, 12, verse 10. Let me read it to you. Romans 12, verse 10. Verse 10, English Standard Version. Love one another with brotherly affection. Out 
outdo one another in showing honor. The neighborhood church, we are going to outdo one another in showing honor. Uh, New Living Translation says, take delight in honoring one another. We're going to delight in honoring each other. We're going to outdo one another in showing honor. Uh, we are going to be people who, when we think we've honored enough, are just going to honor a whole bunch more because we're just going to honor, 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 honor. We are going to outdo one another in showing honor. What is honor? It's to esteem. It's to show great respect. It's to give value to. It's to hold in high regard and uh, showing that regard to a person. It's appreciating. We're going to be an appreciative church. We're going to be a church that values one another. We're going to be a church that esteems each other, esteems people. The antonyms to, to showing honor uh, is to treat as common, to treat as ordinary. We're not going to treat anybody around here as just just ordinary, just nothing special about you. We're going to outdo one another in showing honor. Everybody at the neighborhood is going to feel special. How's that going to happen? Well, I'm going to work really hard at making sure that's happening. And I'm going to ask our staff to rise to the challenge of outdoing one another in showing honor. And today I ask all of us to make that the air we breathe around here. We outdo one another in showing honor. We honor one another. We honor one another. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, not an unfamiliar portion. Uh, I think we looked at it as a congregation five or six weekends ago. I won't read the whole thing to you, but 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14, the body is not one member but many. Uh, the hand doesn't say I'm not part of the body, I'm just a hand. The ear doesn't say because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body. Uh, that's not how the world thinks. By the way, uh, why isn't a nose 12 inches long? Because it would be a foot. The eyes don't say to the ear, we don't need you. Uh, the whole body were an eye, we'd be in trouble. But you make your way down to the bottom of the portion that's just saying, we need to show honor uh, to one another. Verse number 24, we give more abundant honor to that member who sometimes gets ignored. And the parts of the body, verse 23, that are deemed less honorable, on them we bestow abundant honor. And verse number 26, if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. How does the body relate to one another? How does the church relate to one another? In this chapter, 1 Corinthians 12, it's this word keeps coming out. We honor, 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 honor. We are going to outdo one another in showing appreciation and holding people in high regard, in esteeming one another. That, my friends, is going to be the culture around here. That, my friends, is going to be the air we breathe. We are going to outdo one another in showing honor. 
Leviticus 19.32, we're going to honor our seniors. We're going to honor our seniors. We're not going to put them on shelves. We're not going to ignore them. We're not going to think, who cares what seniors think? We're going to hold them in high regard. We're going to recognize them as the men and women of God they are. Leviticus chapter 19, 32 tells us to do that. We're going to honor our widows, 1 Peter uh, chapter 5 and, and verse number 3. And we're, we're going to, 1 Peter uh, 5 and verse number, 1 Peter 2 and verse 17, we're going to honor all people. We are going to be, be people who give honor. It is all over Scripture. But we're going to honor all people. Number two, uh, we are going to honor our spiritual leaders. What does honor look like in our church? Well, when we think we've honored enough, <laughs> an honorable church honors some more. Comes out in everything you do. Comes out in choosing the parking place we're going to park in the church parking lot. We take some of the less desirable parking spots because we want to honor others. We want to make sure they have a great place to park. It affects the seats we choose. If when we're coming into the sanctuary, we honor others as more important than us, and we want to make sure they've got the best possible seats. We're just going to think honor, honor, honor around here. It's such a solid, strong biblical principle we're going to rejoice when others are recognized. And we're going to overlook mistakes. And we're going to celebrate one another's accomplishments. I've been parts of churches where I have been told, no, pastor, you've got to stop. You've got to stop acknowledging people in the service because we might miss someone. We need to get over ourselves and just rejoice when people are recognized. We need to rejoice when others are, are appreciated. We are going to be quick to hand out compliments around here. It's going to be the air we breathe. So we're going to honor people. Number two, we are going to honor our spiritual leaders. First, uh, Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 17. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. Church's responsibility is to show honor to those who rule. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13, Paul says, I request of you, brethren, that you appreciate Appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction. We're going to honor everyone around here and we're going to be known as a church that honors its spiritual leaders. We're going to be known as a church in this province and this nation as a church that just treats its leaders with the utmost respect. And when it's time to find a new pastor, they're lined up for a mile saying, pick me, pick me, pick me, because they know this is a place that lives in honor. 
honoring one another, honoring our spiritual leader. Leaders, going back in uh, the history of this church, started as an independent church and, and really got busy at uh, serving people and feeding the hungry, but its vision was bigger than its capacity and it began to crumble. A man by the name of Claude Tucker came and took over the church when it was really fractured and crumbling in its early years. And he worked hard and he brought restoration to the church and he brought this church into the denomination we're a part of now. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Claude Tucker's now in his 80s. We found out that he and his wife are moving out of Saskatchewan. They've been living in the Shalbrook area. They're moving out from that area of the province and they're heading back to their roots, the Maritimes, moving to where their daughter lives in New Brunswick. And I told that story to our church board and I said, you know, we wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for his sacrifice and his determination to make church sure this church survived. And we decided to honor him, and we're going to make sure he doesn't need to worry about gas money all the way to New Brunswick. You see, we're going to be known as a church that honors and when we think we've honored enough, we're going to honor some more. We're going to outdo each other in showing honor. We are going to show honor to our spiritual leaders. And Pastor Don and I would say to you today, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thanking you for the privilege of leading you. And you have honored us. And we are so deeply indebted to you for your kindness. Thank you, thank you, a thousand thank yous. We mean that. This church, the air we breathe here, is going to be the air of honor. It's going to be our culture. People are going to walk in here and say, wow, these people enjoy and exalt God. And you see how they treat each other? They are so honoring of one another. And we're going to be a church that, that honors God. We're going to be a church that honors God. Well, well, how do you do that? Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, we're going to honor the Lord from our wealth. We're going to just give generously to God's work. But in the big picture of things, we're going to recognize that that's the primary, ultimate, biggest goal of the church, and that's to show honor to our wonderful Lord. Revelations chapter 4 and verse 11, worthy are you, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. We're going to honor one another. We're going to, we're going to honor our spiritual leaders. And we're going to honor God.
we are going to honor God. Interesting story, Mark chapter, Mark chapter 6. Jesus shows up in uh, his hometown, and uh, he goes to the synagogue on Sabbath day, and in the course of that service, he picks up the scriptures, and he reads from the scroll, closes up the scroll, he puts the scroll down, and a bunch of whispering begins to happen in that synagogue that Saturday. Questions like, isn't that that young kid who just lived down the street from us? Was that Jesus who was in uh, Sally's math class? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was his dad and him who came over and, and helped build that new furniture we have in our, in our family room. When they realized it was the little guy who tossed water and threw rocks in the creek, they said, well, that wasn't worth listening to. That's just that little kid who was in Sally's math class. And as a result of that, the story tells us, Matthew chapter 6 and, oh, sorry, Mark chapter 6 and verse number 6, that he could do no mighty miracles there. Uh, he maybe saw a few headaches get better and minor arthritis maybe went away, but he could do no mighty miracles. And verse 5 of Mark chapter 6 tells us why Jesus could do no mighty miracles in Nazareth. And that is because a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown. They didn't show God honor. And they missed the potential of everything Jesus wanted to do and was able to do in their midst. If we want God amongst us, if we want God working amongst us, if we want God stirring our hearts, if we want God to be calling men and women to understand the great grace of God and to be living for him and giving their lives to him, we have to be people who honor God. Honor has to be in the air. We have to honor each other. We have to honor our spiritual leaders. And yes, 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 we have to honor God. See, I think there are churches where the Holy Spirit comes, but he's mostly there because he's obligated to be there. And then there are churches he comes because he really wants to be there. And usually the difference comes down to honor. Is there honor in the air? Are people outdoing one another and showing honor? Is the Holy Spirit being honored? Is God being honored? 
air, in the air of this church, the culture of this church, we need to have an atmosphere of honor. And so, my friends, I ask you today, I ask you today to join me in recommitting to making sure that honor is at the very heart of who we are and how we do things around here. Honor. Honoring people. Honoring our leaders. And above all else, honoring our wonderful Lord. Would we keep that in mind now as the worship band comes and and leads us in some continued worship? Would you find that deep place in yourself and show him the honor he is worthy of, the honor he is deserving of? Let us begin today to cultivate, for many of you it's to recultivate, honor. We're going to outdo one another in showing honor. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.